Yes, something different. Hmm, interesting, interesting, said Timothy. So what you're saying is... It was time to try Wanda's magic advertising expression. Have we got the adios right? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is James Schofield, the creator of Behind the Bottom Line and the writer of Season 5 story, Double Trouble. Now this is Episode 3 and let's just quickly recap what's happened so far. Tim Aldridge, a farmer in the southwest of England, has to leave his beloved farm in the quiet countryside to go up to London to take the place of his twin brother Nick, an advertising executive, at an important meeting. And this is because Tim, his wife Gwyneth, and a goat called Lady Lois accidentally managed to knock Nick out. It's only supposed to be for one meeting, but then Nick finds flooding has left him trapped on the farm and his brother trapped in London pretending to be a top business person. What could possibly go wrong? Make sure you listen to the end of this episode because then I will announce some more lucky winners of my ongoing writer review competition. So now let's join Tim as he takes part in his very first corporate meeting while also trying to understand what Jemima Madison is after. Chapter 5 Madison and Oggers On the Sunday morning, while Nick was still sleeping off the effects of the herbal sedative, Timothy was making an important decision. What should he wear for a Sunday meeting in the office? He'd washed and shaved carefully, but he had no idea what clothes would be suitable. Nick's wardrobe had many more clothes on it than Timothy's. In fact, it had many more clothes than Timothy, Gwyneth and Wanda's wardrobes all put together, so it wasn't easy to decide what to wear. Finally, he found a dark blue suit, a plain white shirt and a dark red tie. It made him look like an American politician, but Timothy felt it was probably the right thing for this occasion. The next thing to deal with was Nick's mobile phone, which was making noises at him. He pressed some buttons and finally found one which allowed him to read Nick's text messages. One in particular caught his eye. Sorry about Tanya. Dad told me. I will be at meeting tomorrow. Jemima. Who was Jemima? He wondered. How did her dad know about Tanya? Would she realise that he wasn't Nick? He would have to be careful. He took the underground train to the Madison and Ogger's office in Covent Garden and found the address. He got into the lift at the same time as a young woman. She must be going to the meeting too, thought Timothy. Hi, said Timothy. Sorry about making you come into work on Sunday. The woman looked at him as if she thought he was mad, but said nothing. Timothy understood why, when she got out of the lift, one floor before the Madison and Ogger's office on the sixth floor. This was not going to be so easy, he thought, 
as he went through the glass doors of his brother's workplace. The office was made up of a large open-plan area with smaller glass-walled rooms along both sides. The furniture was modern, with a lot of steel, glass and black leather, and the carpet was a dark red. In the middle was a large conference table, with a group of six people standing around it. They did not look pleased to see Timothy. This didn't surprise him. Nobody had wanted to come into the office on Sunday when Nick rang them the day before. Why are you in a suit, Nick? asked a young man with dyed blonde hair. He was dressed in a tight black t-shirt, tight black leather trousers and orange glasses with black frames. Timothy was fascinated by the glasses. Nobody had anything like that in Tortbridge, the small local town near the farm. Sorry? Timothy asked after a moment. You're wearing a suit, Nick. Is the client coming to this meeting? asked a woman wearing a bright green dress and pink leggings. Timothy looked around and realised that he was the only person wearing what he thought of as office clothes. Well, no, um, probably not, but I was um, at church this morning, so that's why I've got my suit on. Six people looked at him in surprise. Did you say a prayer for this contract, Nick? asked a man dressed in jeans and an England football shirt. Might be a good idea. This was not going to be easy, thought Timothy. It would help if he knew their names. Then he had an idea. Listen, everybody, I know you don't want to be here today, so I want to treat you all to a cake and a coffee to start us off. Just write your names on this piece of paper and what you want. Then I'll go to the coffee shop across the road and get it, Okay. There was a moment's hesitation, and then the piece of paper he gave started to circulate. Soon he had everybody's name and what they wanted to eat and drink. So, he said, looking down at the list, Jemima isn't here yet? She called just before you came, said the blonde man, whose name Timothy now knew was Ashley. Low-fat latte macchiato with caramel flavouring and a peanut crunchy. She said she'd be a bit late. Right. Any ideas what I should bring back for her? asked Timothy. A new boyfriend? answered Carla of the green dress. A double power chai with soya milk and a gingerbread slice. And everybody laughed. Actually, I think I'll have a full fat cappuccino and a chocolate fudge brownie, said a voice behind Timothy. Everybody stopped laughing and started looking at their mobile phones or in their handbags as Timothy turned around. Shall I help you carry everything, Nicholas? asked Jemima Madison coldly. Timothy and Jemima went down in the lift together. The only thing that he remembered Nick saying about work was that the boss's daughter worked in the company. From the reaction of the people in the office, this must be her. She was tall and very thin, with blonde shoulder-length hair that she pushed behind her ears. Like Timothy, she was wearing office clothes, a wine-red shirt and a black jacket and skirt. How are your brother and his wife? 
asked Jemima as they stood in the queue at the Sacramento coffee shop waiting to be served. Fine, thanks. They must have been disappointed you had to come back here so soon. Is that goat still in charge of the farm? What did you say her name was? Lady Luck? Lordy Luke? Lady Lois? Timothy was shocked. Is that what Nick said about Lady Lois? Yes, she's still there. But you know, she has a lot of good points. She's very intelligent. Jemima laughed. Poor what's-her-name, Gwyneth. Imagine taking second place to a goat. Timothy was more than shocked. Is that what it looked like to other people? How could anybody think Gwyneth was less important than Lady Lois? Perhaps he should change the subject. Are these stories about Tina, I mean Tanya, true? He asked. Oh yes, said Jemima. Daddy was talking to the owner of the Daily World yesterday. Tanya had a huge argument with the son of the chairman of Zaiwu in the theatre on Thursday night and threw a drink all over him. And she's seeing somebody else now, apparently. Timothy felt depressed by the story. This was why he preferred life on the farm. He hoped Nick would be back in London soon. Chapter 6 Timothy in Trouble So, began Timothy as everybody finished their coffee and cakes, here we are. And then he stopped. He had no idea how to continue. Ashley, Carla, Hassan, Julie, Oliver, Derek and Jemima looked at him expectantly. What did business people say in meetings? He remembered an English course book that Gwyneth had used with her students when he first met her. What were those phrases for meetings that the students had to learn? It suddenly all came back to him. Um, well, let's get down to business. I'd like to hand over to, um, Oliver. Everybody looked at Timothy in surprise and then at Oliver. Me? asked Oliver, a tiny man with no hair and enormous spectacles who had only asked for a chamomile tea. You're the ideas man, Nick. I just organised the budgets. Well, yes, the budget man. Timothy scratched the back of his neck. The budgets are very important, and maybe with a new perspective, you know, new ideas. Timothy paused, hoping Oliver would say something quickly. But he just made himself smaller and drank his chamomile tea in panic. The silence became louder. Well, moving on to the next point. He desperately tried to think of another suitable phrase to use. Are there any questions? Derek, football shirt, double latte with cinnamon and a strawberry cheesecake, raised his hand. Is our original idea really down the toilet, Nick? Why not just go ahead as planned? 
So what if Tanya is all over the newspapers? It's publicity, isn't it? Carla sat up. Yeah, but the customer is paying for the commercial and he doesn't want Tanya. But why don't we just use some other model in a bikini? Everybody looked again at Timothy. Good question. Good question. And not an easy one to answer, he said, not certain what to say next. On the one hand, there are a lot of models out there with bikinis. But then on the other hand, um, what do the rest of you think? I think we should take the opportunity to do something different, Nicholas, said Jemima. It's so old-fashioned using girls to sell cars. Yes, something different. Hmm, interesting, interesting, said Timothy. So what you're saying is... It was time to try Wanda's magic advertising expression. Have we got the adios right? Seven surprised faces looked at Timothy. Do you mean Aida? asked Hassan. Oh no, thought Timothy. Aida, that's what Wanda said, not adios. He would have to think of something quickly. No, no, adios. It's a new marketing abbreviation, which I read about recently in the Financial Times. Uh, action, action-driven introductions for, for outstanding sales. Timothy did his best to look as if he knew what he was talking about. It's very big in the States right now. The rest of the group looked at each other with doubtful expressions on their faces. I have a suggestion, said Jemima suddenly. Why don't we go into small groups for an hour and brainstorm some alternative ideas to using Tanya? Then we can get back together and compare notes. Everybody liked this idea. Ashley, Carla and Julie went in one direction, while Hassan, Derek and Oliver went in another. Can we go to my office for a moment? asked Jemima, and Timothy followed after her. He had the feeling he was in trouble. She closed her office door and turned towards him with a serious look on her face. I know exactly what's going on here, she said. I'm not stupid. Jemima, Look, I can explain, began Timothy. You see, what happened was she held up her hand to stop him. Nicholas, I know our breakup last week really hurt you. And at the moment with a breakup and with all the problems at work, it's difficult for you to carry on as normal, isn't it? Timothy's mouth fell open. Was this Nick's girlfriend he was talking to? Anyway, I want you to know that if you are now ready for a real relationship, then we can think about starting again. You're really sweet, and I believe we could have something special together. Have you read that book I gave you by Judith Sukutsus? Timothy remembered he had seen it in the back of Nick's car.
I, I, I'm sorry. I've, I've been so busy with the, with the Spazio contract, he said. Well, listen, you and I are going out to dinner tomorrow night. I'm going to reserve a table for us at La Constanza. After the meeting today, I want you to go home and read chapter three, taking your relationship to the next level. Okay? And then we can talk about it together. Jemima looked at him sadly. Poor babe, you don't know what's good for you, do you? Timothy nodded in agreement. Following Gwyneth's and Wanda's suggestion and changing places with Nick had definitely not been good for him. Well, don't worry. Let's see what ideas we can think of to show the others, yes? And for the next half an hour, Jemima talked and Timothy carefully wrote down her suggestions on a flip chart. Then everybody sat together and discussed the different possibilities, with Timothy keeping very quiet. At five o'clock, they stopped for the day. They had agreed they would change the commercial to focus more on the environment, and that from Monday onwards, they would try to come up with some fresh ideas for a new slogan. It's going to be very difficult, said Ashley. We needed two months for the last one. We only have one week. And don't forget, you'll have to tell Tanya that we aren't going to use her in the commercial, Nick. That won't be easy. She has a horrible temper, added Carla. Ah, said Timothy. But as my dad always used to say down on the farm, God gives us nuts to eat, but it's our job to open them. And to his surprise, everybody around the table nodded their heads in agreement before they all went home. So that was episode three, and I hope you enjoyed it. Quick shout out to Nadine and Rainer, uh, the two lucky winners of this week's writer review competition. They posted their reviews this week and I will send them a free copy, free signed copy of Double Trouble as I promised. And I confidently expect that in a few years time, these signed copies of Double Trouble will be worth thousands and thousands of euros when Double Trouble is made into a Hollywood blockbuster. I still have six copies left, so why don't you write a review? Post it to my website www.com behindthebottomline.com in the leave a review section as well as sending me a personal message with your address and then I will send you your very own copy and I know there are quite a few English teachers out there who listen to this show what about giving this as an authentic writing task to the class and if one of your students writes in I'll make sure they receive a learner's edition of Double Trouble with additional vocabulary lists and pre-reading and post-reading discussion questions Next week's episode is called Nick Learns a Lesson, and we'll see what Nick is up to on the farm while Tim is trying to deal with Nick's boss, Louis Madison. So, until next week, take care and goodbye. <laughs>